You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Cy. And I'm Sean. And we are the writers and producers of... Sean and Cy's Variety Live on Facebook Live. And you're listening to the Afro Existential Podcast. On the Broadway Podcast Network. Perfect! <laughs> one rehearsal, one take sound. <laughs> gotta love it. <laughs> we should have said, we welcome y'all to Sean and Sai's Variety Live. <laughs> 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 Hello, and welcome to the Afro-Existential Podcast interview series entitled Creating Art in Crisis. I'm Blaine Teamer, and along with co-host Indira Wilson, we're exploring and sharing with you how these unprecedented times are affecting creativity, and how artists and art organizations are finding solutions to take their creative efforts to the next level. In this episode of Creating Art in Crisis, we speak with Cy Smith and Sean Carter-Peterson. The creators, writers, and producers of Sean and Sai's Variety Live on Facebook Live will talk about how the husband and wife duo created their own variety show from home during quarantine and the lessons they learned along the way. We invite your apprehensive listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Afro Existential Podcast. Finally, finally, we're in 2021. You made it back here. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Good to see you too. And good to still be doing the Afro Existential Podcast. Hallelujah. So guys, we have a new segment for 2021. And it's a little game that Blaine is calling. What? What is it? Here it comes. From the Snooty Fox Dinner Theater in El Segundo, California. It's time for the Afro Existential Podcast Game Show, where knowledge is power. Would you rather? What are you talking for? What's wrong with you? Sparkle or mahogany? Oh, mahogany? That's like my favorite movie of all time. I cannot get enough. As a matter of fact, that's going to be what I'm going to watch tonight is Mahogany. I laugh. I cry. I am with her. I came to give my man whatever she says. You know, Billy D. Williams is fine as wine. You know, I am so there for Mahogany. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Over and over Sparkle. I threw, I didn't put the whiz and I put in Sparkle. I didn't know how you felt about Sparkle. The original Sparkle with Irene Cara. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good, great movie, of course. But no, Mahogany, Mahogany, Diana Ross. Okay. Yeah. All right. I told you we we're going to remake that movie with you in it. We're going to call it Birch. <laughs> That's Birch. only funny if you know what if you know how light Indira is. We're going to call it Birch. <laughs> Google me. Google me. You can truly see how correct he is. Pine. Pine. <laughs> (laughs) 
Oh my god. Okay. Pre stained oh wood. Stacy Ladisaw show Pepsi Riley. So hard, but so hard. Oh, I'd probably say show Pepsi Riley. Really? Yeah. I only know that one song. This is not my child. Cheryl Pepsi Riley is a sneaker because it's so many songs that you don't. First of all, Baby Doll went with Pepsi as her middle name. Somebody, some family member called Cheryl Bridget Riley Pepsi, which just let you know you just you just killing it. You killing the game already. If Pepsi number one. You're number one. Girl, no, <laughs> I don't have no nicknames like Pepsi. I mean, you know, and you don't have no choice but to grow up like <laughs> my name is Cheryl, but they call me Pepsi. You know what I'm saying? That's like being called Nisi or Peaches. It's great. <laughs> it's great. And your name is nothing close to Nisi or Peaches. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> I'm not saying. Um, you're not looking up her, 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 her catalog, are you? Right. Thanks for my child. That's it. <laughs> it's not I'm just trying to remember Cheryl don't call this podcast y'all don't add us you know I don't want to hear it but you know what you can't email me you can't email us or hit us up on Instagram let us know what your Cheryl Pepsi Riley song is which of it it's your listen. favorite Cheryl Pepsi Riley song but I'm honestly gonna stick with okay it because the Pepsi part okay okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay here's another a backup dancer for Beyonce at Coachella, uh-huh. 2018, or a backup dancer for Josephine Baker at the Folie Bergere, 1918. Ooh, hunty, Josephine Baker. Josephine Baker, just Josephine Baker, <laughs> banana strapped on. Yes, Josephine Baker. I found love on a two-way street, or it takes two to make a thing go right. This way. You talking about it takes two to make a thing go right? Like the uh, Rob uh, Bass song? Yeah, or I found love on the Or Stacey Lattice song. Oh, yeah. it takes two to make a thing go right. When I was, a, if you, when that song came out, I harassed my grandmother for weeks that I needed to have a party. Like there wasn't even any, I, it, that's all I knew is that it takes two and I needed to be doing, you know, I need, I had to be dancing and I, and my grandmother finally relented. I was not a, I was not a birthday party having kid. You know, this, this lady wasn't throwing parties every week for me. Right. So random party, not my birthday had to happen because raw basis, it takes two to make a thing go right. Okay. So I harassed her and then she let me have a party and would only let me have it in our basement, which we had these cement stairs down to the basement in Ohio. And I had an Ohio basement. We didn't have one of these remade Atlanta basements. We had a cellar. It was like a cellar. It was like a cellar. It was beyond a cellar. You know what I'm saying? It was concrete floors. It was meant to catch the water draining from the from the washing machine. My mama probably had wash going during the un- ex- completely exposed cobweb ceilings. This is all coming back to me. We had a boombox <laughs> playing it playing tapes, right? And I and then she would only let people come through the the concrete stairs down into the basement. 
I don't know how long it was, but people came to this party in my basement. It's the craziest thing. And like our old furniture was on the other side of the stairs. You know how the stairs came down from the center of the house. So you had the one side with the furnace, right? <laughs> that I, I think I made it to like a little party pad, you know, a little party pad. And I would play down there. I would play in this old ass basement. And then on the other side with the washing machine and the boiler <laughs> was the dance floor. That shocked the house for all the young ladies. You remember this? You remember this? I can't remember what it was called. This is do to make a thing go right. I want parties. I would be at a, I would be dancing my ass. Clap your hands. Oh my God. I would be dancing. I mean, you know, the running man, the hold the leg. We was kicking it. We was doing it because a raw basis, it takes two to make a thing go right. I could sing it. I know the whole song verbatim. So you're saying your choice would be it takes two to make a thing go right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Now that you have heard the story, they're here. Hey, Sai and Sean, you guys, welcome to our virtual event. Thank you Yay. for having us. Thank you for having us. We are so happy to have you guys here. You have no idea. No, we wanted you guys to join us this evening because this evening is all about creating art during crisis. We know that a lot of people, a lot of artists are stuck at home and that a lot of people are feeling challenged by this time. Can you tell us a little bit about what the impetus was of making the variety show? You know, we, we got shut down pretty quickly. Sai actually was, she was here and she had to fly to Texas for a show. And when she got off the plane, they announced that everything was shut down. So she had to come back immediately. She came home and maybe like the next week, she decided that she was going to do a live show. It was going to be like on, on Facebook. So she was home maybe like, you know, a few days and was like, I'm doing a show. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, you know, keep it moving, keep it pushing. And this was still at the time when I thought, oh, we're going to be locked down maybe a month, month and a half, two months tops. Mm. And I was inspired by the fact that she just put on a show right here in the house, which she had done before. But this one was kind of like a it was it was special because everything was kind of she was kind of giving back and she needed to kind of flex her muscle. I don't think I you had really I mean? done one before. You hadn't done one before? Uh, I mean, I've done Facebook Lives, but I hadn't done like a show. Like a show show. So right. this was an yeah. actual show where I had musicians. I had a... I had somebody on a percussion and somebody on guitar. And and so I did a show and I was like, I'm going to raise some money for this community center. And, you know, because I've always wanted to do something for them. And that's what I did. Like Sean said, I, we only thought we were going to be locked down for like a month or two, you know, tops. So I just thought, you know, well, I have some time. Let me do this show. And then. And then I was like, OK, that was great. She raised a bunch of money for uh, the Fernando Pullum mm -hmm. Center, mm -hmm. music, music center for, for kids here in L.A., and my cogs were turning, like, after about a week or two of, like, sleeping in and, you know, drinking wine and eating food, like, I was like, okay, this can get old real quick. I need to be doing something with my life that's productive. And what yeah. can what can I put out there? You know what I mean? She's done a show. What can I do? And I would always wanted to do variety shows. Even as a kid, I was like, that's, like, the perfect vehicle to be able to sing, dance, act, whatever you want to do, juggle. I don't juggle or tap, but... You know what I mean? If I could, I would have been able to do it as well. I said to Sai, I said, I have an idea. Maybe we should do like a variety show here from the house. And she was like, okay. Like, she's always game to kind of just, you know, do whatever. So I was like, all right, I'm going to write some sketches and I'll just come up with some stuff, which I kind of did. I, you know, I wrote a couple a couple sketches and I was like, you know, we could have some live stuff. We could have some pre-recorded stuff. 
you could sing, I can play, you know, just fill it up with some stuff that we can do and put it out there. And so that's what we did. It took us about two weeks to kind of from first writing to shooting everything. I mean, I think I was still editing the morning of the show as you know. You guys know how that, how stuff like that. Oh, so I think we might have shot the last thing like the night before, and I was up editing. But it was like fun, and there was such an adrenaline rush to kind of create. You know what I mean? Right. And it gave me a sense of purpose, which was really really nice, which kind of helped to drive it. You know, and I definitely wanted it to be like a live show with an opening number, a closing number, bits in the middle. You know, and you know, stuck with the dog. You know, try to add in some social media content, like. What can we do that would be interesting? Because everybody's, I felt like we had a captive audience. And what better yeah. way to literally flex your muscles than <laughs> to like take advantage of it? You know what I mean? Y'all ain't going nowhere. So, so. Right. so sit on down, just relax. And it was, it's, it has such a good spirit to it. You can tell that you really are trying to not only just entertain, but just, I don't know, uplift people's spirit. I, you know, when he brought it to me, I was also like, I feel like we sort of missed the heyday, the golden era of variety shows. We know about like Sonny and Cher, and I know that Flip Wilson's show was kind of a variety show, but I, I, you know, I'm a little too young to really know those characters. Yes. But I remember that variety shows were a thing, and I was like, that could be really cool. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always into sort of retro, vintage, mm-hmm. you know, revisiting, mm-hmm. you know, yes. and, and making that something for the now. I remember Carol Burnett in Rewind. Right? I remember mm-hmm. the Tim Conway show because i felt like yeah. that came on before the jeffersons or something okay but yeah you know but i still feel like i was too young to really understand do y'all remember the jacksons the jackson five the jackson show i i, I missed all that that was like for a summer i think mm-hmm. and and i remember when he did that i was like man this is something like people should do these every yeah. now and then so the entertainer cool. had one too yeah because i remember mm-hmm. when it came on and I was living out here. I was like, this is so cool. I wish these would be, I wish they were more successful nowadays. Back in the day, that was yeah. like a main form of entertainment. But right. right now, it seems like whenever someone does a variety show, it's very short-lived. It's a one-off. Yes. Yeah. On Living Color was... Kind of. I feel like that's more sketch comedy, mm-hmm. whereas variety sure. shows are very, like, it, they have sketch comedy, but they... With respect. Uh, yeah, and it's mm-hmm. not so much of a cast as it is, you know, the two... People or the one, you and know, we'll invite you on. We invite, invite people right. to join us to play people. with us, right? Right, and I thought I feel like there's something kind of special about that, especially back in the day. It seemed like those performers had to be good at everything, you know. Yes. And so Sean's idea was like, Oh, here's a chance to show everybody that we're kind of good at a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I'm down, and you guys really, really <laughs> are. You really are. Like for you to sit down at the piano and play and sing. I really enjoyed the Tanzania trip. I thought that was such an interesting thing. Sean's back there producing it while y'all on vacation. Is that like you guys travel together and Sean, you just have a camera? This time around, Sean's camera was his iPhone. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like that time in 2009 when we went to Italy and he wanted to shoot on film. This time was a little, you know, actually a tad bit easier. I yeah, think. and just I mean. in general and traveling, you want to just keep it keep tight, easy. Yeah. keep it light, keep it easy. My wardrobe was even light. You know, I've, I've worked that out. I've been able to, you know, go away for thirty days with 
one big bag, you know. <laughs> the key is you minimize your shoes. That's the key. The key is less shoes. And you know what? You the know, black warmer dress. Climates, warmer climates need less clothes. So, you know, that's exactly. <laughs> and lots of sarongs and scarves. Which blows in the wind. Which is great. Look, exactly. That's what I was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, like to that point of like the technology has changed so much. Yeah. Where you can just take your iPhone and go, okay, put on this the wrong, the one is about to blow, I'm going to film it. And then you add some filters and you, it's like you can do so much more now without having to have all that equipment. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. You know. Right. <laughs> so this time I was way more aware of plotting out specific times to try to grab things and then for the rest of the time just leaving it alone. Yeah. So that I could also okay. just, we could both just enjoy each other's company. And that and was great. It. You know, so we had like dedicated days where we're like, okay, we're going to do performances. We're going to do a performance on this day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the rest might be some catch you on a safari or something like that. Or hop up on this rock and just give me like the chorus real quick. Like that's mm-hmm. all I need, you know, mm-hmm. 10 right. minutes. And then I'll put it away and like shoot invasive. And we also have the <laughs> language now to communicate better, with, you know, with each other what we need, you know. So I don't have to throw a tantrum you know, anymore. You can I just. Have to, I have the language to say, you know, I, I stop. I'm kind of done here. <laughs> I'm done here on this rock. You know, I'm not feeling that I have anything left. Babe, not mm-hmm. today. You know, right. and, and and that works. And like, okay, yeah. well, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I was curious, and when you guys were making the variety show, did you feel like you had like a learning curve, you know, in creating something that was going to be pulled together for? Like a Facebook Live for sort of a new medium of, and it's just the two of you doing it. What was the learning curve like? And like, what did you learn new? There was new technology that we had to learn in terms of like streaming live. You know, we, we've always done them through Facebook Live. But the last one, we actually went through an application called OBS, which allows mm-hmm. you to switch cameras and stuff while you're in the actual, while you're actually doing it, which helped us kind of get the type of show that we wanted to from the very beginning, which was, you know, close-ups and different spaces, and the sound was much better the second show. You know, we had our friend, Lunel the Comedian, saw the variety show, mm-hmm. and she reached out to us, and we had this great conversation, and the one thing she said, she was like, y'all need to get your sound get together. Sound together. Get the yeah. sound together, like, because you sound like you're in your house. Yeah. Like, you don't want to sound like you're in your house. Nobody really, they know you're in your house, but you don't have to sound that way. Right. She was like, so get yourself a little bored. This is what I got off Amazon for my live show. She sent me the link. You know what I mean? Little things like that. Little things like that. Like that really the... helped us up our game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we could sound, you know, like some college kids. But they probably do better than us. And, and not even, you know, shout out to the veterans who reach out to us and, and give us tips. You know, mm-hmm. I'm so yes. thankful for Lunell and thankful for, for anybody who is already experienced, you know, that hits us up and says, hey, you know. This is what you do. Or, or you know, I, often I'll call people, you know, who I see doing things and I'll be like, you know, Frank McComb, show me how to, you know, what's your mixer? Can you tell me what your thing is? You know, or whatever. Because it really helps that each one teach one thing is a real thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. So the learning curve is expedited, you know, when, when we are, you know, able to speak to vets, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. The other learning curve we might have had was just, you know, in preparation, you know, mm-hmm. like. You know, we sit down and have production meetings, you know. And we schedule actual meetings. Yeah, okay, we meet schedule. At 2 o'clock today. Yeah, right here. And we show, yeah, we show up at 2 with our pen and paper and notepad. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And then we'll give each other assignments. Or he'll give, not each other, he gives me assignments. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this is his operation. And, you know, and I'll 
try to work on that. And then, you know, the next meeting, either I have something or I don't, or, you know, I try to have what I'm supposed to have, or if I can't have it, I'll let them know before, like I'm, I'm having difficulty with this, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I need help with that, or I think we should switch lanes for this. Just, you know, I think over the course of three shows, we, that, that learning curve has, has also, you know, gone up a bit, like Mm -hmm. in a good way. When you said stay in your lane, I feel like prior to this shutdown happening, we were all, I don't want to use to say forced, but we all just kind of stayed in our lane. Mm-hmm. So if you, you didn't get an opportunity to do everything that you could possibly do, like you didn't get those chances to try everything. Like if you were on that singing path, you kind of had to stick to that. And so maybe you weren't writing scripts. And if you were writing scripts, maybe you weren't trying your hand at acting. And with something like what you guys were doing, it just it seemed like it just allowed you to say, I'm just going to try everything and just give it a shot and, and feel free and comfortable enough to do it. And I'm in a safe environment to do it, you know? Yeah, I think that was important because, you know, like I, I'm, I never really considered myself a writer, writer per se, but then I looked up and, you know, three episodes in, I've written, you know, five sketches and, you know, short films and all these things. And it just it just happened. And so I can't not say that I'm a writer now at this point. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, right. you wrote this and people seem to like it. Like, you know, and, and, you know, in terms of, you know, also learning curves, learning camera angles, learning how to try to not do too many takes, like learn what you want, figure out how to get it as quickly as you can, because you know what, we, the light is moving and we got to change clothes and the dog is barking and the neighbor's going to be home soon. And, and your actor is tired. And, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, but all that stuff comes into play and like how economical, <laughs> learning how to be economical in your in your production, in your time, efficiency, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. Right. So what advice would you guys give to other creatives who are feeling sort of stuck or bound during this time to, in regards to furthering their creativity during this sort of very anxious time that we're in? First off, first off, I think if, if, creatives are feeling stuck but there's something that they've always wanted to do but they've never done it this is the time to try to try it out this is the time to go on to youtube and figure out how to use obs so that you can present your work out to the world or this is the time to write the short sketch and you know this is the time to work on your singing or the work on your piano work or to shoot a monologue or something like that because what else are you going to be doing? Unless you're working from home, you know what I mean? Unless you have yeah. a job that you to work remotely, in which case you still have a nine to five schedule that you have to stick to. But if not, do that because like, like she said, the community is out there to help you with any questions that you have. And when you try something, if it doesn't work, you ain't got to, th- you ain't, you ain't got to show it. You know what I mean? Like if, I was so nervous for the, on the first thing that the, that the, the film noir thing wasn't going to work. I was like, Oh my God, I think we might have shot that like Tuesday night, you know, and the show was Thursday at seven. And I was like, I'm just going to scrap it. It's not going to work and all these things. But I had to push through my uncomfortability to get to the finish of that night so that then I could get up Wednesday and edit it. But once I finished that night, then I was like, ah, we did it. You have to push yourself through the point of uncomfortability so that you can get to that. Because that hut is the over the hump, so you get over another hump. That's how you build it up. You know what I mean? That was one of the nicest the film noir piece. Like that was such a nice surprise. I'm like, how did? They, when did they? How did they do all this? You know? Yeah, right here in the house, just right. in a camera or two, old wigs and, and some new dresses. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
I think Sean is absolutely right. Everything he said, you know, now is the time to try things that you've always wanted to try. Now is the time to get in those, you know, 10,000 hours that you're supposed to get in, you know, a practice of yes. whatever it is that you, that you claim to do, you know, and <laughs> not, that's not shade, you know, and, and, and you definitely have to push through that thing that says, ah, I don't know if this is going to work mm -hmm. because that thing is what stops all the other people, you know, and mm -hmm. you're the one who's supposed to do it, you know, right. that's what you claim to do, you mm -hmm. know, so you, you can't let that stop, that you can't let that little thing that's in your head, that doubt, you know, stop you from, from even trying, you right. know, putting it out there. And I think the other thing, too, why this has been so, and I, I, I'm so trying not to sound Pollyannish, be a Pollyanna about the pandemic. I think there's a certain amount of, like, for, for us or us black people, that when we put something out there, it has to be really perfect. Like, we have no room to make mistakes. It's so rare that you get an opportunity to, to do these things. So you have to always kind of be perfect. And we don't get those chances to like really kind of mess up, you know, and, and that's how you learn how to do something new. You know, you take chances and trying to do, I think this whole pandemic, it's like, it's forced everyone is doing it to go, you know, I don't know how to edit, but what the heck, I'm going to try it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to write, but you know what? I'm going to try it. Like no harm, no foul. And so it's, it, it's allowing people to kind of like let go of the whole thing that everything has to be so perfect. Yeah. And mm -hmm. to just kind of, well, let's just try it and see what, what happens. Yeah, you know? I, I think you're right. And I also think there might be a gen generational component to that, too. You know, yes. because, because there was a time where there were just, you know, a handful of platforms where we w would have a place to put anything. And those platforms were networks or radio, you right. know. Right. And now, you know, people can make little movies on, you know, everything. TikTok, right. YouTube, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, right. whatever, you know. And, and and this generation, you know, these millennials and, and Gen Z, like, they don't care. They just put whatever out and see what works and see what doesn't, you know. And right. there's a and there's sort of a there's a fearlessness about that, even if it seems reckless, you know, right. and even if it seems sort of haphazard, but there's something to be admired for that fearlessness component yes. that I think Gen Xers could, could take from if they wanted to. Yeah. Sean likes to sort of set, you know, you know, things for himself. Like I need, let's do this every month or da, 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 da. And, and so it took a moment for him to sort of come to grips with, you know what, maybe I should just do this when the feeling comes, you know, whereas, whereas I'm very much like, you know, just roll with your news, you know, mm -hmm. that's not a big deal. Da, 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 you know, so, to Which that. is new for me because I was like, I let myself down and I was going to do it every month and what I right. think, you know. Right. Wah, wah, you know. So, so I'm yeah. totally cool with, with us doing whatever when it, you know, when the time is right. And, and I also know that what Sean does is way more involved than what, that, than what I do as a singer. You know, I can just put up a show whenever I feel like putting up a show. You know, if, if, I, if I'm vocal, you know, if my voice is in check, you know. Yeah. So I've been able to put, you know, do shows like regularly, more regularly, I think, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. I've done like four or five shows on between Facebook and stages, mm -hmm. you know, actually maybe, and then Blues Alley and then Blues Alley, yeah. Andy Music, Andy Music. Mm -hmm. and um, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So I've probably done about 10. 
what what the variety show is so much more involved, even though it's just two of us. There's a lot of moving parts. Right. Right. But I think each thing is like a different entity into itself. So it's not like you're doing all film noir. Right. Pick up that skill set. It's like, okay, now we're going to do something futuristic. Well, that's going to be something that's totally different. So then you got to figure all that out. Which is the fun part. I mean, that's the fun part for me because, like, you know, when I'm doing specific types of work, like, I watch film noir. Like, I, you know, I'm a movie freak anyway, so I can sit up and watch stuff. But when I have a reason to watch something, right. I get even more excited. I'm trying to see, like, what's the thing that makes this thing that thing? little bits here and there. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I was watching Variety. I was watching Carol Burnett and, you know, and Diane Carroll and all the other, you know, all the other great variety shows just to get an idea of, like, why is a variety show, why, why is that different? Why then? does it work? Why does it work? Mm-hmm. And when, right. does it, when does it not work? Let me try right. not, let me try to, you know, whittle it down to three to five minutes so that, you know, then we move on to something else, which is always good for me. Like moving, moving from one thing to the next thing is fun because it keeps me from getting bored. You know, Sean is is not only you know directing and writing and editing. You know, just the mere conception of these things is energy. You know, so I'm I'm just proud that you are able to do that and not get exhausted to the point of giving up. You know, like it's it's a lot. It's a lot of work. So to all the creatives out there, you know, don't begrudge yourself if you get tired, (laughs) you know, and a lot of times, you know, what you're doing at home and what we end up doing ourselves are the jobs of five, six, seven, eight people. We have to remember that when we're doing all of these new things, you know, in our homes and, and remember to be patient with ourselves, you know, through all of this, you know, because it's, it's, it's fun and we're having a good time and we put things out there and making people smile and all that, but it's a lot of work. We gotta be, we gotta be gentle with ourselves. Be gentle with yourself mm-hmm. and each other, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're working with someone, like we've had to learn how to be like, okay, I might get a little barky and be like, right. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, and I might get hot. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we've learned how to work with each other so much because we work together a lot. In right. the past, but it's been like she's been the artist and I've been the director. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been right. the singer and I've been directing the videos and stuff like that. And she's right. always really kind of just, you know, deferred to me for a lot of things. But because we're doing it together, even though I might be conceptualizing things and directing, like she still has ideas that are way, way valid and some and oftentimes better than mine. Thank you know you. what I mean? So <laughs> it's like you have to be open to your partner and what your partner's bringing to the table. Understand that we're all going through stuff. You know what? You might te- need to take a minute and just step back and say, you know what? We're not going to finish this today. Right. You know, or mm-hmm. finish what you have to because the setup is here. But then we might take a couple days off. And like, you know what? I'll get back to something else. Let's just get back to like chilling, having dinner and like right. watching movies. I don't know where this is headed, but I'd like to find out. And we'll be right back after a brief word from our sponsors. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. It's Alistair Justin Black from Theater in the Black. While in quarantine, I just 
finished reading the audacious and hilarious novel entitled Shady by Blaine Tima. And I'm trying to decide now where to place it in my vast collection of books. You see, it has deception and psychological tension and all the evil of a classic thriller. It's part Walter Mosley and part Agatha Christie mystery novel. But in Silver Who Done It, it's more like a Who Done Did It Now. Spinning a tale of deceit, sex, humor, and race, Tima brings us the story of a southern town called Shady, where evil is not easy to get rid of. Go today to Amazon or wherever you order books online and get Shady. That's the scariest I've ever been. And we're back with Sean Carter Peterson and Cy Smith talking about creating art and new music during the pandemic. In regard, Cy, so I know you have new music out. When did that did that start? Did the creation of that start during the pandemic? So that's a good question. I have a song called "Perfect Love" that I did with my friend Rachel Eckroth. Perfect love. She actually started that song like a year and a half ago and she had hit me up because we were on tour together with Chris Bode and she played it for me and she was like, hey, I want you to help me write this song. And then we just never got to it. And then fast forward to March or April, she hit me back and was like, hey, remember that song I played for you? Do you have time to work on it now? Like, yeah, <laughs> I do. And and that's and it, so so the quarantine, you know, the shutdown is actually was the catalyst behind us getting that done. So I recorded, you know, I wrote my little part and recorded it and sent it back to her. And I didn't know that it was going to become what it became. Like she was like, oh, I'm about to take these vocals and mix them. And she took, you know, got it mixed and added all this stuff and produced the hell out of it and sent it back to me. And I was like, this is the bomb. We should make a video. And she was like, Okay. And, <laughs> and so she wrote this video concept and found a guy who sort of is an editor in Colombia, Bogota, right? Isn't that crazy. And, and so I was like, yeah, well, shoot, maybe we could shoot this. You know, I, I think Sean could shoot this. You know, we have a green screen. Yeah. All of the, the, the shutdown is what really drove us creatively because we were just sitting at home, literally doing nothing. I don't think Rachel had, had ever written a video treatment before. You know, and I certainly had never done my own makeup for one, you know, like, it, it, you know, we all took a crash course. You know, Sean went online and found some things that we needed to learn how to do for the shoot, you know, like floating technique for the green screen and all that kind of stuff. You know, you know, we just kind of all took crash courses and things to make that happen. And it was a lot of fun. And it was sort of that first one, some of those first steps that I took personally in expanding creativity during this pandemic, you know, in a good way. Yeah, thanks for asking. One of the things that I think was a catalyst for Indira and I is that we started this with Sean before the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. I know as Indira and I have been working on it, there's been so much civil, so many things going on beyond the pandemic, so much civil unrest. And so there was a lot of conversations back and forth about, you know, what should we be creating 
as artists during this moment? Should it be speaking to what's going on right now? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, no, I think whatever you create in this moment speaks. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Because I think if you try, you know, to speak, it, it, it might come off a bit, you know, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I think whatever's on your heart is what is the truth. So, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I told you in Zip, no. <laughs> you be right. You be right sometimes. You be, you be saying stuff that's halfway right sometimes. But, guys, thank you so, so much for joining us for the Afro Existential Podcast. Yay. We're so happy, Kang. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I love what you guys are doing, both of you. Like, thanks. Thanks, for, thanks for the you know podcast and just thanks for being creatives who are out here you know, doing inspiring work. That completes another episode in our Creating Art in Crisis series. We hope it inspired you as much as it did us. You can also visit us at afroexpodcast.com. That's afroexpodcast.com. And on Instagram at afroextheater. Until then, have a great day on purpose. It makes it easier to do what must be done. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.